0: Beyond Synth, 378. You're listening to Beyond Synth Radio. Let's do this. Up next, Andy Last has fun chats with awesome synthwave artists. It's time
1: for Beyond Synth. Hey there, welcome to the show. This is Beyond Synth, and today I am catching up with Dan Terminus. Dan Terminus is a fun dude. I always like chatting with him just because he's a very candid fellow. And it makes for a fun conversation. And since this episode is uh, kind of late, I'm just going to record a real quick intro just so I can uh, get this episode out there so you can all listen to it because we are also going to be doing a a Dark Synth uh, Halloween Marco and Andy Power Hour. And uh, if I'm going to get that out before Halloween, I'm going to have to start editing right now. I know we don't do as many uh, Patreon shout-outs anymore, although if you watch the Beyond Synth episodes on YouTube, all your names are in a little banner at the bottom of the screen, and it's like scrolling the whole episode. And I do really appreciate all of you, all the people who support Beyond Synth on PayPal and at patreon.com slash beyondsynth. So I just want to do a quick shout-out to my $10 patrons! Cool people like Brian Schmarian and Foxner and Katner, non solo inglese, Glenn Mayne, Jonathan Harden, Krizak Haderach, Adam Conway, John Massari, Andrew Bennon, Run the Skyway, Electromechanic, on Cubes, Ramabranch, Never Neverman, Jean Christophe Leconte, Mr. Gimpson, Monkey Magics, Knight of Ducks, Binkley, Barry007, Tristan Waits, Poly Digital, matthew lister and will low thank you all so much uh you're all cool and i do i do think about you all every day <laughs> i wake up and i'm like hey man what's binkley up to you know what i mean i crack a real great joke and i'm like i wonder how rama would feel about this i wonder if andrew bennon's enjoying his bowl of checks Alright, that's all. Let's go uh, chat with Dan Terminus. Let's listen to a song first. This was my favorite track from his last album Last Call for All Passengers and then when the song is over I will be in conversation with Mr. Dan Terminus. So this is Oubliette by Dan Terminus. I'm here right now. We're catching up with Mr. Dan Terminus. How's it going, man?
2: I'm I'm fine. As you can tell from my voice, I'm terribly fine. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, the moment I hit record, you just started coughing. So I'm like, ah, oh, shit. Uh,
2: yeah, I'm uh, sorry. I just... Uh, I'm, I'm having severe allergies, and uh, phew, wow, it's um, it's 28 degrees Celsius here, and the trees are blooming. It's insane.
1: Do you have uh, those sorts of allergies, or is that like a new thing?
2: It's it, it got worse. It got worse than before when I quit smoking four years ago. Ever since I quit smoking, my allergies have been wrecking hell on me quite regularly. You know, I have a red nose and a running nose, and a, and that that voice and those health problems i mean being sober sucks really (laughs) really
1: hey man at least the voice is cool come on thank you yeah thank you I wonder, is that an actual thing, that when people quit smoking, it affects their like their allergies? Because you'd think your your lungs would be like becoming pink again and better. Yeah, that's a real thing. The
2: doctor told me, yeah, you quit smoking, it's a good thing, but um, be, wary. be aware of the fact that for, let's say, the next uh, six, eight, ten months, you're going to be sick as hell because, you know... <laughs> The tar that is in your nose and in your throat is going to get um, excavated from your body in a way, <laughs> and <laughs> well worded. Yeah, and you're and you're going to be sick as hell. And I was like, yeah, 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 you run your mouth, but like, wow, I was sick. I mean, really sick. And uh, I was saying to myself, dude, I really got to smoke again. I can't be like that. But yeah, it's it's actually completely true. But I'm um I'm smoke-free. I'm not happy about it because I really enjoyed smoking, but my I think I had something um I heard an actor talk about it, nicotine poisoning or something like that because I smoked way too many cigarettes at some point. Mm-hmm. And um really I was in a in a bad shape 4 years ago. I was in a terribly bad shape, so I quit. I didn't smoke because I say, well, it's a gift that I'm that I am offering to myself. I'm giving this to myself, and I feel better. Let's be honest. But I miss smoking every day. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like I'm I'm an I'm an, I'm not a non-smoker. I am um, a struggling ex-smoker.
1: So you didn't uh, you didn't try vaping or any of that shit? Or are you just no. cold turkey, no more smoke in the lungs? No, no vaping because uh,
2: when you smoke, you smoke tobacco. You don't smoke something that makes you smell like. Um, apricot donuts or or <laughs> strawberry cake <laughs> you know <laughs> like I've seen those weird electronic cigarettes tastes like uh, uh, peppermint okay why mm-hmm. not apricot I'm sorry peach sir- syrup I was like, What? I was, what? what is that? there's even one that was like um, a strawberry ice cream taste who the fuck smokes that? I mean really? <laughs> that's So, no, I didn't try vaping because I don't like smoking oil. Mm. I used to smoke tobacco, but smoking those oils that are being vaporized or atomized in, no, I don't like it. I I think it's even worse than smoking because smoking, tobacco turns your lungs into charcoal. Mm. But vaping turns your lungs into some sort of contemporary jello, you know? Mm. So, both are not good (laughs) for your health anyway.
1: Well, I mean, look. I guess we're we're sort of focusing on the negatives here, but there's got to be some positives, right? Yeah. Are you uh, are you a better horse rider?
2: Oh no, I'm. Um, well, more on that later. But I'm way better in bed. I last longer, so. yeah, <laughs> that's
1: better. Man, I don't even that, smoke. Yeah. Maybe I should quit just to see if that helps me. <laughs> well, 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 about horse
2: riding. Well, I'm uh, sorry. It, I'm going to name a negative. Uh, I'm going to talk about something negative, but um, it brought me positive aspects. But I can't ride horses anymore. I can't ride a motorcycle anymore because I have, um, let's say, uh, the French word is discopathie degenerative, which means that my lumbar discs are jacked. Mm. I had a severe dramatic pose. I mean, really severe sciatica episodes. Mm. Quite recently, I spent... uh, um, 19 days in bed because at some point I was so bored. I would grab my telephone and I would like, okay, I'm going to set a timer. How much time does it take for me to take a shit and 17 <laughs> minutes to get to the toilet? <laughs> really? And the doctor said, well, your motorcycle riding days are over and your horse riding days are over. And I said, yeah, fuck you. You know, you're just uh, trying to um, test my determination yeah and um i went back to the uh, to the ranch and i said yeah i want to ride my horse and uh, the rider said no the, the owner said no i'm not Letting you on a horse, I say, Yeah, fuck you, I'm gonna do it. And once I was on the horse, you know, I was in a, in a quarrel. I went like one round, two rounds, and I was like, Ah, oh, fuck, I need to get off. I couldn't get off the horse because it hurt. Yeah. It hurt in me way, 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 way too much. So it's over for me. But, um, well, sometimes life uh, throws shit in your face, and you're like, All right, I mean, I had to move on.
1: So, um. That is the expression, right? <laughs> Sometimes life throws shit in your face and you have to move <laughs> on.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I mean, I couldn't find a better poetical way to say it, but I mean, like, yeah, it's shit. You have to accept it. So, yeah. It's like, um, and in the fact that the positive thing that I like in this is that there's no way I can go around the problem. It's like, dude, it's over. Your body can't take it. You lost weight. You. You, you walk every day you you try to build a more solid muscular structure around your bones but you will never ever get on the motorcycle again so you would better live with it yeah uh, otherwise i would spend my days you know grinding my gears and but don't go think that i am you know this like super strong guy going like hey so it's, it's over but i'm fine no i miss my motorcycle every day and i miss my miss riding my horse every day but hey when you
1: can't do it, you can't do it, so... Like, if you lose something, but there's the possibility to get it back, you're always going to be pining for it, like you say, but if you're definitively just like, I can't... Yeah. Then it is sort of like just a chapter closes. Absolutely. That's like, okay, that chapter's done, and then you, you, it's a lot easier to move on. Like, I mean, I don't have anything as dramatic as what you're saying, but I feel like my body's really not allowing me to eat the foods I like, <laughs> and it's not... It's not as dramatic as sciatica, I'll admit. But, you know, there is this thing where I'm noticing now where, you know, when I have pizza at nighttime, I have acid indigestion that's so bad. It's like there's fucking (laughs) lava in my neck and I can't sleep. Like I literally can't lay down because if I do and I'm sitting there like chugging Pepto-Bismol and this shit. And like there's all these other things now where I'm like, I actually have to cut them out because I'm in pain. Like, there's certain foods that I love that, like, when I eat them now, I'm in pain. It's just the nature of my body now, and it really sucks because I love junk. (laughs) I feel like I have to do those diets where I cut out bread and stuff. And, like that sucks because everything i love is breaded in some way yeah it, well that uh, this is old age we're yeah, getting know. older i know I and we
2: <laughs> i mean we're, we're not we're not lemmy from even i mean come on even lemmy of motorhead when he when he had such a severe diabetes that even doctors said all right hey cool it's easy even lemmy switched from jack nander's and coke to vodka and orange juice so Even if Lemmy of Motorhead said, hey, I have to go easy on this, then just imagine what it would be for us, you know. (laughs) But I mean, honestly, to me, what those negative events taught me is that there is some sort of equality in terms of pain. Um, My sciatica or the fact that you can't eat your favorite food or maybe somebody else's pain, it's all equal because it it affects us in, in different ways, but the outcome is always the same so um, for me what it taught me is that it taught me to respect well as much as i can because there are days where i am so pissed off i don't respect anyone or anything but yeah. it, it, it taught me it, it, yeah sorry but but it, it, it taught me to be um, not necessarily a better person but to understand other people in a much better way mm. and um you talked about food but I know what it is, because for me now, I can't eat a lot in the evening. You know, what I have in the evening is just like, you know, olive oil, sliced tomato, uh, feta cheese, and um, lettuce or salad. Because I know you guys say lettuce, but I, we say salad in in French. And
1: um, Well, let- lettuce is part of a salad.
2: Technically, yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So that, that one's on me. But yeah, but, but I mean, you get the picture. <laughs> but before that, I used to eat, you know good meal or good things and now I'm like, well, I have two boiled eggs and call it a day and go to bed and fuck it because I'm old. So <laughs> <I don't know.
1: laughs> well, look, listen. Before we uh, before we get carried away, mm-hmm. obviously uh, we haven't talked in a while, but we're going to listen to some music. Yes, uh, some cool Dan Terminus tunes. Now, um, I thought it'd be fun today if we just did sort of a retrospective because the last time I talked to you was the last album you put out. Yeah,
2: the album was called um, Last Call for All Passengers. Yes.
1: Since then, you've been, I guess, uh, dealing with horse riding and and motorcycle ah. stuff and quitting smoking. Yeah. But yeah. it's always fun to catch up with you. I always enjoy chatting with you, and so I thought we would have a we would have a catch up here. And so, what we're going to do today is we're going to listen to some uh, some classic Dan Terminus. You've got some covers you wanted to play, oh. so we'll play some of those, oh. and uh, maybe we'll even listen to a very brief sound bite from the next oh yeah uh, album on this uh, this very spooky Halloween. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> This is me just hoping, if if this episode airs in October, then this is a Halloween-themed catch-up with Dan Terminus, and if it airs later, then it's a Christmas-themed, so (laughs) let's Alright, no problem (laughs) So, how about this? Let's let's start, we'll listen to uh, this classic track, this is Twin Turbo Interceptor Uh by Dan Terminus that was twin turbo interceptor by dan terminus and i'm here catching up with dan terminus right now it's been several years and a lot has happened so uh oh yeah how's it going
2: Um, much better. Uh, I I still feel like shit, but I'm much much better than um a few months ago.
1: I know you said the smoking you've you've quit for four years. Uh, four years. But like, is the motorcycle and horse thing more recent? Absolutely. In fact, it happened um, last year because I became a pound cake.
2: I was ultra-fat. I mean, not obese, but...
1: Pound cake is an awesome thing to call fat people. Yeah, I I was thick.
2: You know, like really thick Like Mm. you couldn't see through me Even with an x-ray vision I was like so filled with fat Mm. And I said to myself Alright, I don't like looking at myself in the mirror like that So I was weighing 117 kilos Which is um, quite a lot 117 kilos But but you're a tall guy though, right? But I'm a tall guy So everyone would tell me Oh, come on But we don't see it And and since you're tall You need to fill in the blanks And I was like But dude, (laughs) I mean I haven't
1: Fill in the blanks <laughs>
2: yeah, that's just, that's just, uh, it's like me thinking yeah. in French and saying it in English. But yeah. I think it sounds great. Now yeah, that I awesome. heard myself yeah, yeah, yeah. say it. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, but, but I was really fat and kind of like, you know, oily or. You sound a lot like that lettuce you've been eating. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, in a way. Yeah. So, so I said, all right. So I started walking every day starting you know taking um, a better control of of myself you know and exercising and um, going to the swimming pool but that's when the trouble started because i lost weight way too quickly well no way too fast sorry and that's when I had sciatica. like, And I, I mean, it was really intense pain. I had never felt such a, a pain like that in my life. And there was nothing I can do about it because I have another... <laughs> sorry. I have another
1: problem, which I discovered. I have sleep apnea. I mean, like, severe. This is really funny because I literally went to my doctor today Mm -hmm. and i had a list i I didn't want to appear like a hypochondriac and i don't i don't (laughs) like i don't like wasting the doctor's time so over the course of months i'll just take little notes just to remind myself oh next time you see the doctor make sure he looks at this and what the hell is this and whatever and so i started thinking i had sleep apnea but then i don't think i do because i i just get the thing where I'll be sleeping and all of a sudden I'll make like a snorting noise and I'll wake up. Mm -hmm. But that's not sleep apnea. That's just something else. Like I do this thing where I'm in bed and all of a sudden I just go like and then like I just sort of like dart awake. But I guess sleep apnea is when you don't breathe,
2: right? I can't answer you because the the best uh, thing you have to do if you have doubts is to go see. Well, I know the French word, which is pneumologue, which is a a doctor that specializes in, in the lungs and, you know, the air intake in a human being but sleep apnea uh, especially mine is when uh, well l- let's say in your mouth or in your throat the muscles break down they collapse as you as you lay down in your bed so there's no more air that is getting into your lungs mm. and as for me for i mean maybe your listeners some of your listeners have sleep apnea so maybe they know where i'm coming from but mine was so severe that the indicators the somnograph in french indicated that sometimes i would spend 16 seconds without air in my lungs so i don't know if you realize how 16 seconds can be such a long time without breathing oh yeah and to be honest my life was how can i say my life was slowly turning into a waste <laughs> i love talking to you I love it. <laughs> yeah it's better to laugh about it
1: <laughs> you have this very poetic way of always like, the way that you <laughs> that yeah you it's because things. i'm
2: french so yeah but, <laughs> but uh, honestly um uh, to answer your question sleep apnea is when everything in your throat crumbles the muscles crumble so the air intake is like is non-existent and the your brain is always on standby and your brain is like oh hey no more air we're actually gasping for air so let's wake up so you have those micro wake-ups and then you you fall asleep just like one or two seconds right after that but you don't remember it when you wake up but in my life at that moment i was going crazy because no one explained to me that i had sleep apnea so every morning it would take me the longest minutes and the longest hours to get out of my bed and i was constantly tired and i was starting to get really nervous because when you are sleep deprived you 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 become terribly nervous terribly um uh, frustrated yeah yeah and i would wake up with my my nose my mouth my tongue my teeth my gums everything was dry because no air you know no air no no saliva no nothing Mm. and um when i was on tour Perturbator's drummer who, who one day told me one thing that should have been a, a sign a warning sign he said, he said hey you just yawned I'm like yeah yeah because I'm tired and he said come on how come you're the only one who sleeps for a whole night and yet you are the most tired of us all and I was like yeah you're right but I didn't notice at, at first so if you have doubt, just go to your lung specialist and um, get a small machine that will analyze your sleep pattern and you will see immediately. Mm-hmm. And for me, to give you more um, info about me, on 5 hours of sleep, I would have 76 apnea with m- most of them circling around 10 or 15 seconds without any air. So that's why I was completely tired. And let's let's mention something positive. In terms of <laughs> sex, I was not as I mean, I wasn't a performer anymore. I was like, I mean, I had my libido inside me. That was like, you know, And yeah, yeah. but my, my sexual uh, prowess, if I dare say, <laughs> were, were, was like, Oof, dude, fuck, we can't do anything anymore. And the moment I got cured by the machine, because so, I sleep with a CPAP machine, the moment mm-hmm. I got that, I was like back to my former self in like three or four days. And I was like, rawr, come over here, you uh, so, <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, look, that's good. I like this <laughs> when I was healed by the machine. Yeah, <laughs> I like when I was cured by the machine. That's an awesome thing to say.
2: I mean, really, it is a technical reality. If you if you take my CPAP machine away from me in one night, I get back to the man I was in 2021 right before i had the machine that is why if your listeners have doubts or let's say or if your boyfriend or if if your girlfriend is feeling always tired and blah 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 it's not depression it's not a nervous breakdown sometimes it is sleep apnea so if you have doubts go to your lung specialist and um, get checked so it it will save your life because when you have sleep apnea it's your, your heart races Strong and, and fast, whereas it shouldn't be racing strong and fast. So you should be resting when you're sleeping, but obviously you're not. And yes, if you're like me, when you're cured by the machine, you will look at your girlfriend and say, Come on, I have some frustration to get rid of. Come yeah, over here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I like that. It's a nice public service announcement from Dan Terminus. Mm-hmm. Go get your lungs checked. I mean, that is the thing. Like, I don't, again, I, I'm not like a, an expert in anything, but, um, it does seem like a lot of the problems we have sometimes if you at least do the basic minimum things that that health professionals always say to do like get your sleep, eat a balanced diet, you know, do your little bit of exercise, and oftentimes even when I'm super stressed or I feel sick or whatever, I can usually trace it back to fuck, I haven't been sleeping. Yeah. Or I just ate junk food for the past three days and I didn't really have a proper meal and I'm sleeping, like, four hours a night or something. Mm. And usually, like, after a good night's sleep, you just feel like, holy shit. Or water, drinking water? Mm. That one's huge. I, you know, I never like drinking water. And then when I do, <laughs> I just feel better. You know, if you just, like, chug a mug of water, you just kind of, like, you feel better. Like, if it's not part of your regular routine. And I know for myself, I have... um Or I used to have a lot worse, like, anxiety. Like, I would have, like, panic attacks and stuff. Uh Like, a lot of it was just, like, making sure I ate breakfast and slept. Uh And then a lot of those things went away. Like, it just... It was just about being a healthy person.
2: Yeah, those are the simple things in life that make us feel much better. So that's a good thing to hear, you know, because, um, well, I'll give you my definition today. um, I am dramatically normal and tragically sober. So, (laughs) but, but in a way, it, it turned me into a better version of myself. But yeah, but it's good. But it's fucking boring. I mean, I went down, I thinned down from 117 kilos to uh, 91 kilos. So that's 27 ki- 26 kilos. So that's, a, that's many kilos. But it's fucking boring. It's like, yeah, no, nah, no, no regular Coke, just Diet Coke. Okay, no regular Pepsi, just Pepsi Max or yeah, no <laughs> sugar, please. No. Oh, fuck you, being sober sucks. But what? in the <laughs>
1: Well, look, listen, I tell you what doesn't suck, yeah. all right, is listening to cool music. Oh, yeah. How about we listen to your uh, your Dan Terminus rework of The Escape from New York? Oh, yes. Do, would you like to hear a funny anecdote about it? Or, I tell I... you what. Yeah. How about we listen to the song and then you tell me your anecdote? I
2: agree. Much better.
1: Okay. <laughs> all right, let's do it. This is Escape from New York, The Dan Terminus Rework. That was Escape from New York. The Dan Terminus Rework. Mm-hmm. And why do we listen to that? Because we're chatting to Dan Terminus right now on this ooh, terrifying Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, or,
2: <laughs> or terrifying Christmas. Christmas, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ho, ho, ho. We're back with oh, Dan oh, Terminus. Oh. What is it? A French guy playing dark synth music. Oh, ho, ho. <laughs>
1: So look, man, yeah. uh, you're gonna you're gonna tell me a funny story, or maybe it's well, not it's, funny. I don't know.
2: It, it's absolutely not funny. It's just an anecdote. I was bored and I wanted to make a cover version of something, and I started humming the Escape from New York theme to myself. I recorded it on my telephone, and then I played everything through Ovocoder, and I was like, bum bum. So when you hear the main melody, it's just me singing it on the crappy quality on my telephone. And um, I'm just saying this to show that you don't need fancy gear or fancy equipment to make something, you know.
1: Sometimes I will get suckered into buying plugins because I see them advertised on Instagram. Mm. And I don't even really make music. <laughs> but like <laughs> there's times where it's just like, oh, that's a really cool retro synth. I'll go pick that up. And I'm like... Why did I do that? (laughs) Yeah, why? And the same with um, when I think about all the new programs. Like, I use uh, After Effects quite a bit and Photoshop Uh and these things. And, yeah, like, every time they do a new version, they release some new tools. And then you just think, but, like... People using version one made wicked stuff. Yeah. Like, people using these effects programs in the 90s made cool things. Yeah. So, like, what is happening? Like, it's sort of like Netflix, where you're just bombarded with all of these new fancy tools. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, if you still don't have a vision or, you know, what you want to do, then they're useless. Absolutely. It's, um, well, I'm
2: going to say something. So, it's uh... a... <laughs> My opinion, so it's pretty mm. a- aggressive. You know what I'm going to say, not towards you, but towards. Um, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Fuck you, Andy.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, she,
2: fuck you, Andy. But with with all due respect, of course. Yeah. Uh, no, it's pretty aggressive towards intellect in general. But I mean. <laughs> The gear doesn't really matter because um, I, I met people uh, when I was back in the days when I when I could play live when there was no war, no nothing. Back in the good old days, and some people told me, "Oh, uh, in England, oh, but how do you design your distortions?" And I was like, "Well, it's just a one synthesizer and one distortion plugin." They like, "Oh no, come on! You, there, there's got to be a secret." And I'm like, "Dude, no, really, it's just synth one or Korgem one or Korg Wave Station, whatever." And a distortion plug-in that is all and i think that when you are limited to something that is just let's say one two or three tools you tend to be more creative and i'm going to say this because i'm very arrogant and i'm so full of myself but <laughs> i i made the the next uh, <laughs> i made the next terminus albums with like two drum kits that is to say kicks there and different sounds Synth 1, Korg one Korg Wave Station, and Distortion Plugin. So, and it helps me become um, a better musician and be more spontaneous. If I had, a, let's say, a studio or a room filled with um, hardware synthesizers, of course I would be happy, but I guess they would be sitting here collecting dust because um, I, I like having some sorts of limitations. I think it's when your true qualities as an artist really show i'm not blaming people who say i want to make a track with uh, hardware synthesizers if it's your thing go for it but what i'm saying is um i prefer when when something sounds good you know i'm not part of the internet uh, police of morality where, where people say oh yeah it's hardware synth. i can hear the difference no no you can't you fucking can't you don't <laughs> You don't judge the quality of someone's work on, on the tools they used. You, you judge the final product. If it sounds good, it sounds good, no matter what kind of tools they used. Same for you know drawings. You know, I'm um, I'm, I'm teaching myself how to draw right now because I, I made myself a promise when I was younger. So I think it's time to fulfill that promise. So you know, and I'm teaching myself how to draw, and I'm looking for references every day, and I see beautiful things that I made. On paper, mm. on canvas, or digitally, and all of those things are wonderful when you open when you open up. But if I were to say no, that's digital. I'm not looking at it. I would be. I think it would be some sort of an asshole. So, um, well, I am an asshole to begin with. <laughs> so I, st- <laughs> I start to be. I, I try to be not too much of an asshole. So uh, same goes for music. But what you said about plugins is true. Even for me. Well, I'm not on social networks too often anymore but you know i see those ads going like hey this is the 1983 reverb," but like who the fuck needs another plug reverb plugins when you have already 17 and mm-hmm. <laughs> and in the end you always end up using the same fl studio reverb plugin yeah, yeah. You
1: know? <laughs> <laughs> actually what happened with your social media did you lose one of your accounts or something
2: absolutely I did one of my ex-girlfriends she was um, a community manager I don't know if that term exists you know in the US or in Canada mm. but she was um she was managing online communities and she said oh but you have a good Instagram and uh, I'm like yeah but I don't really care about it. and she took my phone and she said can I uh, browse through it and I said yeah sure go ahead and she said well you should switch to pro and around the time the pro feature was free and there were a lot of uh, pro accounts that were making scams and one day I was in, in Finland in, uh, in Helsinki and I was browsing Instagram because I wanted to repost something that a fan posted from the venue and my screen went blank and I, I was locked out of my old account so I did everything I did the front camera video I sent emails and nothing worked so I'm locked out of the Dan Terminus Instagram account so I made a new one but the, other, the older one can't be erased can't be um, resetted or destroyed from Google so I have to deal with this and uh, fuck it so yeah well, that sucks that sucks but I understand why Instagram or Facebook or whoever I mean- did that because it was to prevent uh, the uh, proliferation of scams but m- my ex-girlfriend didn't do that with um, malice as we yeah. say in French mm-hmm. she did that just to give me a hand and help him because it was her job but now um every pro account that wasn't uh checked or verified or something got shut down so i'm locked out of my accounts and um fuck it i'm just um, there are worse things in life you know yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, like I tell you, what's a cool thing in life mm-hmm. is uh, listening to cool music, and I would like to listen to Stratospheric Canon Symphony featuring the lovely Tommy86. How about we listen to that and then we'll keep chatting? I'm all for it. Cool. Well, let's do it, man. This is Dan Terminus with Stratospheric Canon Symphony featuring Tommy86. stratospheric canon symphony that's a hard thing to say yeah no but i think it sounds great by uh, by dan terminus featuring tommy 86 mm-hmm. i'm here with dan terminus we're catching up we're talking mm-hmm. about sleep apnea and 27 kilos and contemporary jello mm-hmm. losing instagram accounts we're having mm-hmm. a good time
2: ex-girlfriends and everything yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: so. What have you been up to in uh, in these years? Because the last time I talked uh, to you was 2020. Well, I've been up to living in the
2: countryside. I moved to um, a place that is even more remote. Mm-hmm. But due to the C-virus outbreak, we have a lot of fucking hipsters that come to the countryside and the prices are going up and they bring their customs with them so they leave the lights on and they complain because the horses are are allowed or the the roosters are allowed but (laughs) I've been doing uh, exercises for as much as my my back uh, allows me to. I released an album that... (laughs) go that went completely unnoticed Uh, last call for all passenger was a critical success and a financial and commercial
1: failure well listen i'll tell you what yeah the track oubliette i do listen to regularly (laughs) thank you i love that song so much i think i still love just the simplicity of what you use as the percussion in that song and so the idea that you've got like the gunshot sound effect and the glass break and stuff like as sort of like percussive things, mm-hmm. it's just it makes it so catchy. Like I love that moment with like doo doo, <laughs> and it does like the fucking the gunshot and then the glass break and then the I don't know why
2: it sounded funny and also kind of groovy to me. So I said, all right, let's use it. It sounds if it sounds good, it sounds good, you know.
1: Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. No, it is. It is. It's one of those things where it is funny but cool mm-hmm. at the same time. Like it functions both ways. Because like the more I listen to it, it's because uh, right now I've been playing the new Mortal Kombat, and I think I'm going to try and put together mm. a, a proper playlist f- of music. Isn't
2: that Mortal Kombat number one? Yeah, it's like kind of a reboot or something.
1: Yes, the second reboot uh, they've done.
2: Well, <laughs> well, it, uh, you do. You, ooh la, la, ooh la la, la la uh, la You do what you want, but I mean this. <laughs> This is, like, here's the deal. I love the Mortal Kombat franchise. I know. So do I. But come on. This is a fucking paywall. This is a fucking paywall. And come on. No more crypt? Are you kidding me? I mean, <laughs> ah, come on. Honestly, this is not a video game. This is outrageous. Because uh, w- we know what's going to happen. I'm sorry for interrupting you. But, I mean, we know what's going to happen. We, we're going to have... The the characters we like as DLCs, we're going to have the crypt as DLC. Everything is going to be a DLC. This game is just
1: a giant paywall. I'm sorry for you know flying off the handle, but ah, I mean, okay, you're not wrong. I I bought it. As a gift to myself, ah, okay. so you know when I look at my wife and she like buys like all these clothing items and things, <laughs> and I started thinking, you know what? I shouldn't feel so bad about buying myself retro things. Like I, I bought myself a little Game Boy, mm. the the Ambernick RG thirty five, whatever that you can load with ROMs, and it's like a little. It has the the form factor of a Game Boy, but has all the old ROMs on it. And I bought a thing called Retro Shooter which is, like, the light gun. Oh, yeah. So it's, like, two light guns with all the arcade games that use the light guns and stuff. And I think I want to build, like, an arcade cabinet. But anyways, Mortal Kombat came out, and I'm like ah, oh, fuck, I mean, I always buy them because I love the story because they're so stupid and, like, the the more games they make, the more convoluted the story becomes. <laughs> and so yes. I have I have a buddy, we love just talking about the story because it's just, it gets sillier and sillier each time, but I love it. But you're absolutely right. Like, I paid, I bought the fucking premium one so I could play it, like, five days early. And I know for a fact, yeah, like, I, I'm still trying to unlock, like, a better costume for Scorpion because... His default costume, all the ninjas now, since they're different stories, so they just... They have their hair showing. They have, like, ponytails with the mask. And I'm like, for me, to be clear, Scorpion is a skull. Yeah, like he's, yeah. he's he's... Yeah. You know, so I'm... I did just buy... <laughs> an alternate costume where he has like a flaming skull head you
2: see that's not what I told you (laughs) it's a
1: fucking paywall and then I know (laughs) that in about eight months time they'll come out with the uh, special edition that has all the characters and it'll be eleven dollars yeah and I should just wait I should I should
2: you're absolutely right but in a way I understand you because if you really enjoy Mortal Kombat and if you really like the franchise it's only fair that you buy it because and as you said it's a gift to yourself but that is why these people make so much money they're so bloated with money it's disgusting and outrageous you know I mean take the example of other games like Bayonetta for example you have everything in the game the moment you buy it and uh, um, I don't know if you like the Diablo franchise but Diablo 4 is going to be a game that is going to be good let's say in 2 or 3 years when you buy it 14 euros you know on sale Yeah. and, um, and I think it's it's really bad when you are when you have that strong bond with your favorite games you being model combat and me being other games um that <laughs> that you say all right i'm spending money right now and i know that in two or three years i can have it for for fifteen dollars because <sighs> yeah, well, sorry I, you know I, i'm i just think it's outrageous you're really. right
1: i like for example when i when i don't care that much about the franchise like uh, cyberpunk, for example, and I guess <laughs> yeah. I guess now is really the, the good time to buy it. But when I got it, it was right after that one year period where it had slumped. But then they finally did a proper upgrade for the next gen consoles, mm-hmm. and I bought it for like twenty dollars or thirty or twenty five or something on PlayStation Store, and the game was fine because at that point I, I waited a year and like they you know they had fixed a bunch of things and it played fine or whatever. Yeah, and so. I didn't experience the paying full price for the game where your character just flies through walls and (laughs) and everything freezes and so I had a good time with it but I also had a good time with it because it was it was like hey this is a pretty good game for fucking 30 bucks indeed right so I didn't have that disappointment Mortal Kombat's the same thing where I know in a year's time I bet you even some of the gameplay aspects of this game are going to be changed with like some updates Mm -hmm. and you know it is what it is
2: it is what it is yeah it (laughs) is what it is man I absolutely (laughs) agree Oh, do you want to hear a funny story about video games? It's a small anecdote. I like anything you
1: want to say to me. Oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> well,
2: um, I was feeling kind of like I had really dark thoughts. Like, I mean, really dark. And I'm I'm not saying this as a second degree. I'm saying this as first degree. I had like really dark thought, dark thoughts. And there's a, a friend of mine who came to to visit me in my my the, the asshole of the world where I live, and he said, "Hey, oh, come on, um, well." I brought something to cheer you up and if you ever feel bad again just call me just don't stay like that all alone but hey here's a gift for you and I opened it it's like Armored Core 6 Fires of Rubik and I'm like oh wow thank you so much because I like Armored Core I was replaying almost called five verdict day the other day. I had my Unax, that's my my unmanned um, mechas. They were tearing, <laughs> tearing through you know the other opponents. They were like, where where's this just They're just automated, you know. And I said, oh, thank you so much. So um, we have a we have supper. It's cool. Then he leaves, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna try it. The moment I, <laughs> I swear, the moment I I slide the disc into the opening of my ps4 my ps4 just fucking dies <laughs> like are you serious <laughs> this is one of the very few things that can bring light into my life and it fucking dies <laughs> all, right. all right so I, b- I brought it to a shop in a city called lyon l-y-o-n it's the closest city it's big city actually i really love it and um like i just fixed it and i only got it back two days ago and I played it and oof, it's awesome. It actually is just Armored Core five Verdict Day, but upgraded with better mm. graphics and uh and less parts to buy, but it's still a good game, so it kind of it made me a happier man, really, just you know, to spend minutes and minutes in my hangers going like, Hey, all right, this generator has a very low output, but he has maximum capacity. Alright, I'll just I'll try that. I fucking love that. <laughs>
1: I'm torn between games that give you a lot of choice and games that don't. Both are good, really.
2: But I had that conversation a week ago with a friend of mine who is um, a game designer and who, uh, well, no, no, level designer and an artist, and he works from for, from software in Japan. And he said to me, "If you want to give a feeling of freedom to the player." you have to put a player in an environment. Il faut contraindre le joueur, as we say in French. And if you don't do that, if you give ultimate freedom to a player, then people are lost and don't know what to do. I'll give you an example of one of my favorite games, which is still filled with void actually. Do you remember the game Fuel on Xbox 360? Is it a racing game? Yes and it it was in a a free post-apocalyptic world you had bikes, you had overcrafts, you had monster trucks you had trucks, cars and you were free to go wherever you wanted to go and it, it was a pretty vast game. I think it was I don't remember the exact measurements, but it was in kilometers, but in real kilometers, not in video games kilometers. Mm-hmm. And I loved this game, but you were free to go from one place to another. So people were bored. On the other hand, when you take a game like Mirror's Edge, when you take the first Mirror's Edge, people were like, oh, I like the game, but it is, I am so contrived. I have to go there and there and there. I would love to explore the city. So, what the guys did for Mirror's Edge 2, that is to say Mirror's Edge Catalyst, is that they said, okay, we we'll give you a whole city to explore. And then it was a counter reaction from the players because they said, but I'm getting bored. I have too many things to do. I don't know where to go. What the fuck do you want? Yeah. Really? <laughs>
1: You know, you're mentioning fuel and how you know the kilometers of the game, and mm. you know all games now these open world games they they tout bigger and bigger worlds. Mm-hmm. You know, so every time a new Far Cry comes out, it's like this world is 200 kilometers square and whatever. <laughs> and at the end of the day, I still feel that Ocarina of Time, Zelda, Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm is still one of my favorite epic fantasy stories because it starts and you're a kid and you play, you know, a few dungeons as a kid and then you grow up and you become an adult and the game has like a creation myth. At the start of the game, they show you how the world was created and all this. And, and so to me, that game still feels epic. Mm-hmm. But then when you play it now, the world's very small, but it It has all the biomes you need. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, oh, it's got a winter land, it's got a desert land, it's got a forest, it's got a lake. And sometimes when I play a game, it can be like 200 square kilometers. But if it all kind of feels the same, Mm. it doesn't feel as open or as interesting as like sometimes just a smaller kind of well-crafted... World, you know, I I absolutely
2: agree. I feel I feel the same. I had the same problem with uh, Breath of the Wild. I never, you know, I had I had a Wii U laying around, and um, I don't know why I bought it. Really, I don't know. But I um I bought myself Breath of the Wild and I said, all right, just let's try it. You know, and try to entertain myself. But in the end, it, the game is filled with nothing. There, there there are plenty of good ideas everywhere, but it's kind of feels empty, pretty void. Whereas, yeah, as you said, okay enough time you have thing. you have things that you, you that you know the world is not small but it's not big but when you zoom out you have the whole world you can hold you can hold the whole world of a carina of time in your hand from, from let's say from a, a mental for, or from an artistic perspective whereas in breath of the wild you just can't yeah and um it, it kind of um, kind of makes you bored with it i don't know but um i think it's a good thing because it pushes us to like games that we we shouldn't have we we wouldn't have noticed in the first place, I guess.
1: Well, I tell you what I like to notice. Yep. is uh, cool music. So, <laughs> how about that? Was that might be my worst. Um, let's listen to another one of these uh, Dan Terminus reworks. Oh, right, yes. you did this one uh, based off the Lana Del Rey song. Oh yes, oh, born yes. to die. So let's listen to that, and then we'll keep chatting. Okay. I'm all so for it. So this is uh, uh, Lana Del Rey, born to die, the Dan Terminus rework.
3: If I tell you you're mine It's like I told you my ear Don't make
1: Was Lana Del Rey born to die? The Dan Terminus rework. He makes things cool because he's a cool guy, and I'm chatting with him right now. Uh We're talking about video games. We're talking about Mortal Kombat, Armored Core, Breath of the Wild. Because I did play the new Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. I think I liked it better just because it gave you more kind of interesting tools. But partway through... Because, again, the same issue. The game is just really big and open in a way that I can't really memorize the map or whatever. And it just made me nostalgic for Ocarina of Time. So I ended up just buying one of those novelty controllers, like an N64 controller, so that I could play Ocarina of Time. But it's like... It's like an N64 controller, but the joystick is in a normal position, and they but the button layout is still the same. When I play retro games, I don't like when I'm playing an N64 game, but I have to pretend that, like, okay, on this controller, Y is actually the fucking C up yellow button or whatever. <laughs> I, I just don't like that, so I bought a controller yeah. that has the, you know, the big blue and green button for A and B and my yellow C buttons. Yeah, that's, that was the thing, because there was just something about it. It was like... It was really neat, and I like the way it plays. It's nice and smooth. But the aimlessness of it just made me nostalgic for playing a proper story. Yeah,
2: yeah. Again, again, I think it doesn't have to do with the technical limitations, but I can't really elaborate on what you just said because I understand. I, I feel the same, but I can't understand why. The thing that comes to my mind is um, the realization we had when we were younger, when we knew the days where... Video games were basically uh, a triangle that was put atop a rectangle and that was a spaceship yeah. and, uh, <laughs> and our imagination did the rest. If you allow me, I'm, go- I'm going to be fucking pompous here, but it's like <laughs> um, when I'm teaching myself how to draw, I saw a lot of, um, let's say, uh, realism techniques where the person is drawing perfectly a portrait the portrait and the proportions are so neat and everything is good but it looks fucking boring whereas when you watch um those uh endless boring quotes with surgical gloves tutorials unquote and throw the gloves away uh on youtube <laughs> you see you see people who make wonderful images or portrait with let's say one two three four five strokes with a mechanical pencil and it looks great i, I can't explain why but um, I'll give you an example. You, you mentioned Ocarina of Time. I will mention to you one, one of my favorite games. Not my favorite games, but one of my favorite games. It was Turok, the Dinosaur Hunter on Nintendo 64. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it, it feels like an open world, but it's self-contained. You have all the things you need. And when you play it, you have fun. And no matter how many times I, I replayed it, Every time the phone was intact, I can't explain why, but I enjoy myself playing those old games. But I I think that today making video games is a difficult uh, thing if you want to be spontaneous, because you have big studios with a with a lot of people working on it so you have tunnel vision whereas um, you know i'm working on a video game with a friend of mine and he does the, the coding and the designing and i do everything that has to do with the, the context and the sounds the sfx and the music and honestly it's an easier way and funnier way to work because it's just the two of us you know mm-hmm. but when you have a team of let's say let's like 60 70 or even 175 people it's kind of difficult so I'm not blaming the games. I'm not blaming the people. I'm saying, okay, I don't quite like it. I will go back to playing my, my old games.
1: Turok, I actually really loved when I was young, and I really liked the sequel as well. Mm-hmm. What I find funny about going back and playing them now, because you can buy like the the HD upgrades, Yeah, there was this period of time where like a lot of N64 games... And a lot of three D games in general were like mazes. Yeah. And I'm so not used to that now. When I go back and play Turok, I can't believe I even knew how to navigate these spaces. Cause everything looks the same. And especially Turok One, it's full of mist as well. Yeah. So there's like a gray there's a gray fog and everything is True. just stones with green, you know, on top of them. And yet when I was young, I could fucking run through these levels and I knew where I was going. And now Games they guide you right, so every time you're lost for like two seconds, like a little like, <laughs> bing, you know, turn to the right, turn to the left, like they tell you what to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I just wasn't equipped. I went back and played Turok 2 because Turok 2 has some fucking amazing music
2: and good weapons.
1: I yes. don't know if you tried. You know the weapons. It
2: la in French it's la scie cérébrale. It's it's a yeah. saw.
1: <laughs> Cerebral bore.
2: Yeah, oh, I fucking loved it.
1: It was That's one crap. of the best uh, guns in a game. Mm. And Shadow Man as well. I loved Shadow Man when oh, I was a kid. On Dreamcast or. Are- well, the, the Dreamcast one was the same. It was the N sixty four and the PlayStation. I one. never finished it in my
2: city back in the um, in the days where we didn't have internet all over the place. there was this one guy who finished Shadow Man, but everybody else couldn't because the the handling, the gameplay was so difficult to get used to. So, yeah. um, but but honestly, now that you say it, I have you know those flashbacks of Shadow Man, and it was so awesome.
1: Yeah, like, it's a cool game. Yeah. Just because at the time, it was fun to to have, um, you know, a platforming game that wasn't necessarily for kids. Even though I loved Mario and Banjo-Kazooie and stuff, like, they're really good games, but it was, it was cool to just play one that was adult-focused. And it's a really weird mm-hmm. and dark game as well. There was a... Mm-hmm. I also bought that as well, like, the remake. And then I just got to a point where, nowadays, I just don't have enough time to focus on the games I play. And if you stop playing a game like shadow man or Turok for even a few days and you go back I'm just lost I don't remember the fucking map I don't know where I'm supposed to go there's no indicators because it's not a new game so it's like the second you boot it up I'm just like I don't even know what the fuck I'm doing like I don't even know who I am who I'm supposed to be killing where I am like what you know and so I I stopped playing even though I got pretty far because I just was lost It's not like when you play Skyrim, you know, and you just have you go to the menu and just go here. Talk to this person. It'll teleport you right to him. Like, so which which is a good thing, too. Really? Well, that's why I love Skyrim. I know it's cheesy to like that game because everybody, you know, keeps playing it. But like I can jump into a game of Skyrim having not played the game for a year and I just go to the map fucking press x to teleport to a mission i just teleport there Mm -hmm. i do it it's usually some simple thing where you just go two feet into a cave and fight some goblins and bring some an item back but you know there's some other games that i just can't rejoin Mm. i try and i just fucking they're too complicated to play or there's too many buttons and i feel like an old man
2: no you're not old it's it's just that you're Switching to other things, you know. <laughs> don't yeah. worry. I had I had the same problem with uh, Vanquish when my PS4 was dead. I fired up the PS3 and I said, "Okay, let's play Vanquish." I was like, "Wow! All right, this game is awesome. It has fucking good potential." But my brain is like, "Okay, no, I don't need this in my life right now." Really. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I find it weird, even like the new fighting games, because, like I say, like I, I do like Mortal Kombat mostly for the mythology, but it is very different now. Like, I mean, I I love Mortal Kombat too. That's my favorite. But yeah, really, I understand. And I have all the moves memorized, and every character kind of plays the same. So, you know, no matter who you pick up. But now, it's like you really have to focus on one character. I use Scorpion, I have to learn all these combos and juggles and all this shit. And then the second I switch to a different character, I go back to Scorpion and I've forgotten everything. Mm, and it's like, yeah, oh wow, but, like I have to... Well, it, yeah.
2: it, it was already like that back in the days. There was a, a period of time in my life, luckily for me, it didn't last too long, where I really wanted to play fighting games. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to put it this way. There are some people who sing well, and there are some people who sing out of key, no matter how hard they try. Yeah. There are some people who are not good at math, and there are some people who are not good at literature or anything. It's, it's not a matter of talent, of genes, or anything. It's just that, I mean, you don't have what it takes to do it. And even even when you do your best, it's still not enough. <laughs> and for me, I suck at fighting games. Like, really? And at the time, I would try to play Guilty Gear, which is really not the easiest fighting games mm-hmm. to learn. And you had... All those combos per character, because every character is different from each other. So, back in the days, it was it was already a thing. Like, you had to play that character. And there was a difference between the Japanese players and, let's say, the rest of the world. The Japanese players learn all the characters. So, they know how to play every character in Guilty Gear or Street Fighter or Third Strike or any any other game but we would just play like for example q in a uh, third strike or we would play uh, zatoichi in guilty gear and we would get wrecked you know yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's funny because it's some sort of a practice some sort of um some sort of a training And now that I am you know, um, teaching myself how to draw every day, I I see some similarities, you know, it's like an apprentissage, as we say in French. I kind of find it funny to spend like eight hours a day sitting in front of your console, you know, learning the, the combos for fighting game character. But for drawings, it's exactly the same. You know, I've been doing anatomy for two months. And every time I'm like, why the fuck am I drawing arms and legs and feet? and blah? But the more you do it, the more your brain goes like, hey, uh, no, I can do it now. It's the same for fighting games. Same for
1: any kind of other... Apprenticeship. Well, th- that's the thing. I'm not even good at them. I'm not good at driving games. I know that. Like, I, for some reason, I because I only learned to drive last year. Whoa! So I've Whoa. never, I've never understood how cars work. Do You have manual
2: or automatic? What do you drive? Oh, automatic.
1: Oh, oh yeah, automatic. Come on, come on. I'm not going to learn how fucking manual. <laughs> it's just like I can barely remember which one is gas. All right, the last thing I need is fucking. <laughs> more knobs um, You can't be serious but uh, I am well I'll tell you all about it but how about we listen to some more music yeah how about Heavy Artillery sure go ahead yeah man let's do that and then we'll keep chatting this is Heavy Artillery by Dan Terminus That was Dan Terminus with the track Heavy Artillery I'm here catching up with Dan Terminus after all these years mm-hmm. we're talking about games fighting games we're talking about learning to draw mm-hmm. anatomy mm-hmm. have you uh, you learned to draw a fucking penis
2: <laughs> I, I tell you, I do because at some point you need to but uh, <laughs> you don't necessarily have to but i i want to draw my own um, comics comic strip or manga or bande dessinée, bd as we say in french yeah and um i said to myself okay i want i want to learn how to draw i want to do that thing on paper and um you you need four things um, i'll save you the trouble of going through those shitty mediocre youtube tutorials that pretend they can teach you anything but in fact they don't <laughs> you need four things one anatomy two shapes because shapes uh, lead to volumes three you need perspective four you need shading you need to focus on that and right now i am doing doing um, anatomy so i have those books of anatomy that i bought in the city of lyon like for like let's say two euros a piece two two euros each and I just draw, you know, I copy female bodies, male bodies, in order to understand how the body works and how it is built, so mm-hmm. to speak. So when I draw a character, it looks like a character and not like a stick man, you
1: know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have any ideas for actual, like, comic things? Or are you just focusing yeah. on, I just want to get good at the drawing and then see what happens? Or? Both
2: my goal is to make my own let's say, visual story I would say. Mm. I have some very very strong influences because in general I don't like manga. I think it sucks but except for a few <laughs> authors who are um, to me like geniuses like for example uh, Nihei Tsutomu he's the one who made Blame and Knights of Sidonia and Abala and Noise. Those are fantastic mangas really and um, you know when I read them I was like oh fuck. I, I never Knew I did. I needed this this much in my life. The other author I really like is a Q Hayashina. She wrote a manga called Hedoro, Well, Odoro Hedoro, um, pronounced in the <laughs> English, right? And um, it's fantastic. Uh, I can't describe it for you, and I will leave the surprise to you. And these two authors are so awesome. So great. And I read the mangas. Of course, you know, I enjoy reading the mangas, you know, getting lost in the pages and going like, wow, it's so beautiful. And at the same time, I say to my brain, come on, just copy everything so I can develop my own style. And um, it's funny because it's it's a nice thing to do. It's like watching those beautiful drawings and trying to understand okay what makes it so special in my eyes what do I like and then I say okay how can I do it my way Uh, well you have to practice so I practice every day every day and I, I don't know where I'll be in a year or two years from now but Every day I draw. Every day I practice. Because um, as I told you, it wasn't only one episode of sciatica. It was many episodes of sciatica. And at some point, after spending one week on my bed, I was crying, you know, looking at my ceiling. And, and I was like, what the fuck is going on with my life? And the next day I could walk. I could barely walk, but I could walk again. And I said, okay, I'm never, ever wasting time again. And that's when I had, uh, you know, this Call back this uh, this throwback to the young kid i was and i said okay i'm going to teach myself how to draw because nothing is for granted in life if i dare say so one morning you wake up and the um, one, one morning i woke up and the woman of my dreams the woman of my life uh, told me hey um i want us to part from each other and i was like Fuck, but you have to live through it. Okay. Mm. So that's not for granted. Another day I wake up and it's the motorcycle and horse riding. Another day it's, okay, it's this or that. And, you know, so I know that drawing is important for me, but I never knew how important it was. So I said, okay, I'm going to learn how to draw. No matter what it takes, I don't have motivation. Because motivation is tainted and influenced by your emotions. And as you can tell, I've had some rather gray and dark emotions lately. (laughs) I am determined. When you are determined, (laughs) no matter how hard life is, you take your sketchbook and you draw. Even if it's just a sphere and you shade it with hatching or cross-hatching. Even if it's like, let's say, 30 seconds a day, at least you will have done something. So... This is how I work. This is how I roll. It's more fulfilling in a way because today, after having gone through what I've what I've been through, I can't be wasting my time anymore. You know, I want to live and be mindful and uh, do things instead of going like, I can't do this or that. I have grave thoughts and blah blah blah. You know, sorry, just I went off the track. I'm sorry, but no. If
1: you if you don't want to waste time, uh, get yourself a TikTok account.
2: Oh fuck you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, but what you're saying is—is is, I mean, it's the same uh, advice they say for writers and stuff like that too. It's like even if you're not being creative, just the act of doing it every day, once it becomes almost like a muscle muscle memory, then mm-hmm. that's that like that that's part of the process. I think this is just me assuming, but like I th- I feel like a lot of people these days it's like you want that immediate gratification Mm -hmm. you know you want to learn something and then the next day you just want to be good at it absolutely and that's just not the way it works and I mean I'm saying that because I feel that way sometimes where there's certain things where I'm like where I know I'm a good editor Mm -hmm. because I do it every day and I've done it for fucking decades and it's what I'm good at but there's other things I want to be good at too but I just don't have the drive it's like oh I would like to make some joke music and tomorrow I just want to produce a song and it'll be done and no, no it right? Say. There's like tons and tons of hours you have to put in, just like um, experimenting and, and doing things, and actually doing it every day. And one of my problems is I will sometimes when I don't do something for a while, just like with Mortal Kombat or these other things, I forget because I haven't been spending every day doing it, like using a particular plugin, for example. Mm-hmm. If I don't, if I don't use it all the time, several weeks will go by and then when I go to work on a project using that plugin I have to relearn it like I just have to refresh my memory about how this stuff works keyboard shortcuts you know I just forget I'm like ah oh, fuck it's B I'm pressing the wrong thing or I switch programs and oh, in this program V isn't fucking cursor V is your paste button or whatever and like <laughs> you know so it's true you have to fucking practice every day every day, and if you don't, you do what I do and you fill your wall with notes <laughs> so when I when I'm like I'm using uh you know I'm using logic right now, so I have a little piece of paper up there to remind myself like no, in this program, cool. the shortcut for cutting is the fucking T button, but if you're cutting on final cut, the short button is fucking whatever and like mm. I have to have these little maps it's like a you know, like when you see like the conspiracy guys on the internet where they have all the string and the map (laughs) and it's like, you know, so (laughs) I've got that all over my room where it's like, Oh, I'm using this program. So I have to, this button is the shortcut. And anyway, the point is I, I understand what you're saying and it's good. Cool. (laughs) So how about this? Yeah. I want to listen to more music. Okay. You have uh, another one of these reworks we should listen to. This is one. I don't even, I don't even know the, the original song it, it was a,
2: actually it's a song called Circle of the Tyrants by the metal band called Celtic Frost yeah i've been a, a fan of metal for years i'm still a fan actually and it's a funny track i made and it got a lot of traction i don't know why but yeah and i think it sounds great because it's a electro version of um, death metal black metal whatever metal song and uh, i think it sounds great and it's um, with a vocal synthesizer because I'm too lazy hmm. to
1: sing, so yeah. Well, let's uh, let's listen to that, and then we'll keep chatting, all right? This is the uh, Circle of the Tyrants by Celtic Frost, the Dan Terminus rework.
0: After the battle is over, and the sand run in the blood, all what there remains. The bitterness of delusion
3: Support the tyrants The immortality of the gods Sits at their side As
0: they leave the walls behind to you Oh, my God.
1: Circle of the Tyrants by Celtic Frost, the Dan Terminus Rework. Uh He's out there. He's reworking tracks for you so that you have something to listen to on your commute. That's what Dan Terminus Uh is doing. Every day. And we're catching up, man. We're talking about work ethic and drawing Uh and video games and Turok and... Pound cake, uh-huh.
2: <laughs> pound <laughs> cake. Yeah, but I'm I'm much better now. I don't miss my former self. I don't want that fat to ever come back yeah. uh, to me. You know, because it was during lockdown, during the C virus outbreak. No girlfriend, not a lot of money. I'm still peace poor actually, mm-hmm. but um, not a lot of things to do and um, kind of getting bored. And um, you know, you just uh, working from home. And you're eating and you're filling yourself with food and, and one morning you wake up and you're like, oh fuck, I'm wearing size fifty trousers. No, <laughs> no, I'm I mean really and well these days to be honest with you, I'm wearing i I'm wearing a size forty six, but I'm floating in it. I, I mean I would be I would be better buying a size forty four. Mm. So that's uh, that's a lot of kilos that, that got away from me. So yeah. I'm a better person like that. I like myself the way i am today um, you know i think i think i'm um
1: i'm okay i'm pretty okay well i like you too man thank you sir (laughs) i mean it's good though when you're when you're tall because at least you can sort of wear some of that weight see my problem is i'm like not a big guy right when i eat now i eat a lot of junk Mm. and it literally all just goes to my belly Mm, mm. so i still have skinny arms and skinny legs but I have a little fucking belly. I look like ET when I take my clothes up. <laughs> it sucks because it's All like, like a bowling pin. Yeah, it's like it's, it's, it's silly looking because I know other people who you know they weigh more than me, but since they're thicker people, they sort of wear a belly better. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's just like it it feels more appropriate. But for me, I just look like an asshole because, like, (laughs) my whole life I had abs because I was so skinny. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it just... I didn't have a belly. So now, if it distributed itself, I would feel better about it, but it doesn't.
2: No, because the belly is... um the most difficult part to lose fat from—it's really hard, and it's hard to do abs when you have sciatica. Oh no <laughs> or, doubt. Or when you can't walk. <laughs> yeah, no
1: doubt, man. I mean, is it even possible at all? Like, what what ab exercises can you do that don't involve curling your back? Walking or swimming or, um,
2: paradoxically, bicycle riding—it helps your abs burn fat faster. But um, I don't do abs anymore um, because I destroy my backbone. So I go to the swimming pool. Yeah, it's it's like it's a fucking 37 minutes ride from my place to the (laughs)
1: swimming pool. (laughs) If I remember correctly, you have a horse, right? But you keep him stabled at some other place, right? Is that how it works? Yeah, that's correct. But I used to, but I don't have them
2: anymore because they cost too much money. Right,
1: okay. So that, that's what I was going to ask. So like when you couldn't ride him anymore, then the horse goes away. Well, in fact, here's what happened.
2: Um, i uh, That was the lockdown. But for me, honestly, I'm not going to complain. It was cool because I live in the countryside. So I would go out in the fields and... And walk for two hours and not meet a single soul. Yeah. So I was, you know, all alone by myself. So to me, lockdown was okay, as opposed to some people who, and I feel that pain, were living in in cities. But money was scarce because no more concerts, no more touring, uh, no more no more job, you know. So it was difficult for me. And and you know, taking care of horses costs you a fortune. So what I did was that I I didn't give them away, but I transferred the ownership to a person who uses horses as uh, therapy. Right, okay. For autistic uh, children or, or, or even grown-ups and i know that they are being taken care of I, I go to see them regularly and they are happy they are healthy they are in a good shape so it's fine i only wish them to be happy and healthy for the rest of their life and i know that the person who is taking care of them will do that and then years later when i got back to the ranch and i said all right okay i'm time for a ride you know and that's when i had sciatica and that's when my determination was tested but when your body says no Okay, you you don't But um, I'm happy to know that these two Are going to help autistic uh, children Or people who have troubles People who are feeling depressed or anything Because when you hang around an animal um, An animal is a silent companion Who brings you a lot of emotions A lot of good things But the animal will never judge you An animal is in the present moment An animal is mindful an animal is not going to to tell you about, hey, uh, can you check the last Instagram roll I've made? You know, no. <laughs> so I'm happy to know that they, br- they will bring happiness to other people. But the thing I do now today is what we call in French, travail à pied, which is working on foot next to your horse. And, uh, you know, I, I do tricks with horses. So I don't... Uh, hop, up, hop up on a saddle anymore, but I just stay in a quarrel and work with horses like that. It's still working with horses, but I'm not on the horse anymore. I and mean, there is always a way. There is always a way, even even in your in the darkest hours. There is always a way, except that sometimes you don't see it because it's not in front of you. Let's say it's behind you or right above you. So um, <laughs> I'm happy that I hang out with uh, with horses. Yeah, even with my my broken back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's
1: good. I feel like my cat judges me. Mm, yeah, we have. Because it, because it's a cat. cat
2: cats are <laughs> cats are fucking assholes, really. You know, like they're like they fucking judgmental. They're like you know they I'm so better than you. You know <laughs> I have thousands of years behind me. You guys have been worshiping me for years. <laughs> but you know um, there's a cat in my hamlet that is what we call in French a uh, which is a dog cat. It's a cat that will follow you around. That will ask you for cuddles, and he will even play fetch. So there are some <laughs> cats like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think we're gonna get another one. Cool. I hadn't had a pet for so long because once we had kids, like my last cat, Fufu, she she died when I was oh right before I had a son. And then once we had kids, it just felt like it was so busy in the house that like I didn't want to have a pet because it was just like another added thing, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, now that the kids are older, we we got a, a cat. He's got like he's like a Persian, so he's got like the flat, squishy face. Oh. Yeah. And uh, dude, when we saw the picture of the person who was giving away the kittens, I just couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> he said like the funniest face. I'm like, well, we got to get this. Like, I mean, like this cat's amazing. Like he's so funny. <laughs> and then we just we just found another one because my wife, she just keeps on sending like, just, oh, look, look at these kittens. And I'm like, fuck, we already have a cat and we live with my dad and I don't think he really wants another one in the house and all this stuff and uh, but then uh, this this newest kitten dude the same thing mm. i couldn't stop laughing it's just a funny i'll send you a picture you'll understand okay and i was just like all right well look like this thing's fucking hilarious it's like a little alien it's like,
2: just <laughs> well in my hamlet we have a cat that is one-eyed because um it was one-eyed due to a fight and yeah. the eye that got damaged is extremely red so we call him terminator nice <laughs>
1: Again, it's like um, the different animals, they they accommodate different lifestyles, you know? So I know my wife's family, like they're all dogs, all big dogs. Every one of her siblings has a dog. Whenever there's a family reunion, there's like nine giant dogs just running around smashing into (laughs) stuff. And for me, I've always been a cat guy because I'm so focused on my own projects that i just like the idea that there's a, there's the presence of an animal you know uh-huh. he comes in and says hi and then he's gone for the whole day i don't walk him but i bump into him on the street and it's like i'm bumping into a person i know, you know? <laughs> like i walk outside yeah. and I'm, oh hey chester how's it going and he's like meow and then he just like kind of keeps going i'm like all right <laughs> see you at night time <laughs>
2: Yeah, this is the this is the way cats lead their life. You know, they live their life. Sorry, they don't care about us, but we would be sad without them, and they would be sad without us. I guess.
1: But what about the when with with horses? I mean, like Mm -hmm. when when you had a horse and it was in a stable, yeah, that it lived at. So it was still your was it still your responsibility to go and like brush him and stuff, or did they do that? Like, how did it work? It's my responsibility to take care of my horse. If I don't do it, I'm an asshole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would um,
2: I would do it as often as I could the thing is that I left them in a uh, ecurie or ranch say so let's, let's call it a ranch yeah and you actually rent um, a field because horses need to be free they need to be they need, they need to have a lot of space you know they need to yeah. be free and then in the evening they would bring them back in the boxes in the stables so they would be protected from the cold or the wild beasts. And in the morning, uh, we have a Palfrenier, which is um, who is sorry. Uh, let's say someone who works at the ranch, and he was like, "Hey, come come over here, you." And who who um, walks the horse to their dedicated field, and then you, when you have time, uh, you get you go and take care of your horse, and you hop on a, hop on your horse or work with it. You do you do whatever whatever you want to do. But there are some horse owners who have a shitload of money, and who just have horses just because it looks cool so you see them like maybe once or twice every two months mm. and you see their horses just going sadder and sadder and sadder every day and then you have people like me who are piss poor but who go vi- visit their horses like twice a week or three times a week but i mean i had the uh, draft horses that is say, like big muscular horses in the end you're just taking care of an 850 kilos Right. <laughs> creature. So it's not like holding your cat in your arm, you know? <laughs> Fuck, how much does a food cost for a horse? Oh, a lot. A lot. I mean, you, you have different options. But um, let's say you leave them in, in the fields, so they are free to eat grass. But the grass is, I mean, it, it keeps them alive, but it doesn't necessarily bring them all the thing they need. Then you have foin, F-O-I-N. The foin is, let's say, dried grass, so to speak and then you, you can make some mash for them mash is a let's say a mix of beetroot and um, other things and then you give them uh, uh, salt stones those big rocky uh, salt stones that they lick so it, it brings them the salt they need mm. but if you rely on let's say um, the ranch to feed your horses sometimes it's between 200 and 500 euros a month de- depending on the kind of food you give them but usually your horse will be fine except if the vet tells you that for example your horse has a transit problem or something like that usually they're fine okay but it costs a lot of money yeah and the vet costs a lot of money too and the the, the horse farrier costs a lot of money too but i mean when you love them you just you're just like all right okay just i just i spend money and then when you are in front of a let's say a 29 euros plug in you're like ah fuck it's too expensive
1: yeah. but, you know. <laughs> well look I'll tell you what I love mm-hmm. is listening to cool music mm-hmm. well actually we've been talking for a while so maybe we can wind down but uh, we'll listen to another song and then we'll see we'll see what happens on this very spooky uh, woo Halloween uh, let's listen to Grimoire Blanc did yeah. you say Blanc or blanc? Blanc. Blanc. blanc blanc Grimoire Blanc by Dan Terminus That was... Dan Terminus with the track Grimoire Blanc. And I am back with Dan Terminus. We're catching up after all these years. We're talking about horse maintenance. Mm-hmm. W- what do you mean you're working on a video game? Um, Sorry. <laughs>
2: like, no, no, it's it's fine. I'm actually. sure it's a secret, but what can you say? It's a friend of mine whose name is Jim and he designed the game BioCrisis. The first one, I made the music for the first one. It's a rail shooter. And right now we're making BioCrisis 2. In fact, I said just, oh well, okay, fuck it. I just, I just do it with you, and he said, "Right, fine." For example, um, I made the shotgun noises and the pistol noises by um, slamming a fly swatter on a stool, and uh, and I popped a balloon, and I mixed I mixed the sounds together in order to make um, a good nine millimeter pistol sound. Nice. I also worked for Ghost Runner Two, which is due for release in October. I don't know if you've played the first one, but one day I got an email on my uh, Dan Terminus email, and he said, "Hey, dude, I'm um, designer Director, artistic director, and at One More Level Games. And, uh, yeah, you know, we made this game. I don't know if you know it. It's called Ghost Runner, and we'd like to have you on board for Ghost Runner 2. Uh, would you be up for it? I'm like, of course. Yes, sure. I'm mean, here. I'm all for it. It was a fun experience because they said, hey, uh, we would like to have that kind of music, but here are some artworks and feel free to do whatever you want to do, how it inspires you. This is how I worked, and it was awesome to work from, um, those wonderful, uh, cyberpunk artworks and landscapes and, Artist visions and and the game actually is really good, much better than the first one in my opinion.
1: Wait a second! Mm. This is really funny. So, Bio Crisis—it's like a light gun shooter.
2: Yes, absolutely. The the number two, Bio Crisis two is uh is compatible with a light gun shooter.
1: Dude. I literally wanted to make one. Okay, see, because I... Okay, I had this thing. I wanted to make, like, a new GoldenEye game. And like we talked about before, I wanted to be good at game design in two seconds by watching a few videos. Mm. As soon as I realized it was going to take me, like, three days of work just to figure out how to put a picture in the background of my menu Mm -hmm. i was like you know what maybe this isn't for me (laughs) you know like everything in video game design is so in depth it's like i remember i wrote three pages in unreal engine i wrote three pages of notes Mm -hmm. to just put a video loop behind a menu yeah but this is how it rolls. <laughs> I know. Well, that's the problem, right? So I thought, you know what? I'm never going to be able to do that. But I've gotten into light gun games again. I know that, you know, I can I can plug my Wii, my Wii remotes using a plug-in sensor bar into the computer. And so in theory, I could make a light gun game if it was just a mouse point-and-click game because the Wii remote becomes the mouse. Exactly. And now you've just told me about this bio-crisis, mm. <laughs> and I'm looking at the screen going... That's fucking it. He's done it. Like So if I, if I plug my Wii in to be a mouse, I can play this game like a fucking light
2: gun oh, game. Uh, Biocrisis 2. For the first one, I don't
1: know, but I, I think you can... Yeah, because that's the thing, like the Wii Remote... Once you plug it into the computer, one of the options is it just becomes the mouse. Oh well, then you then you definitely can
2: because Jim
1: implemented
2: that. I think he went to the Gamescom by uh, on his own, and he had uh, light guns that he bought, you know, as a, in a secondhand shop, you know, and um, they worked fine. So I never thought of the Wii option, but I tell him. But I, honestly, to elaborate on what you said about game design, game game making, and blah blah blah, when you take a look at Bio Crisis too, we made things the simple way and we have some sort of a motto which is do you know the movie who framed Roger Rabbit yes the main animator had something written on a big white board that said kiss k i s s and it said keep it simple stupid and Everything you see in BioCrisis 2 and everything you hear in BioCrisis 2 is made in a very simple way and it works. So if you want to make your, your light gun game, it's not about motivation, it's about determination. And I guess that you can buy some things on the internet, some books or articles about how to design a game. And you'll see it, it's pretty easy as long as you keep it simple. For example, if you say you want to have a video in the background, The thing is, do you really need it? The point is, what do you want to do with your game? Where do you want to go? What do you want to say? You say, all right, I want to shoot zombies. Okay, so first you need to learn how to set a camera. You need to learn how to set your modes You need to learn how to set, let's say, a rectangle that will be a zombie figure. And then you'll work on the details. So I'm not saying that you should work this or that way. I'm saying if you focus on what you really need, if you close your eyes a little just to have a blurry vision, then you'll get a big
1: picture. The issue for me, I don't have the mind for the technical thing. And literally all of my ideas are all superficial.
2: (laughs) No, don't say that. They are superficial to you but
1: if you work with somebody else
2: they will be great I'll give you an example I made a track on my Atari uh, 520ST which is a very old computer and my friend Jim was like you know told me did you make music I'm like yeah yeah I made this and this and that and I said oh but I made this track it sucks I made it on on an old computer. He said, no, no, you said it sucks, but hey, I want to hear it. And he he heard it and he said, wow, it sounds fucking awesome. Let's let's use it. So don't worry. What looks superficial to you will be essential to the person you're working with. So if you surround yourself with people who, who have... um skills, then maybe you can make a game together. Like, for example, if you find someone who is a game developer and you have an ID, maybe that game developer will go like, oh, at last, I found
1: you. What you're explaining with your sort of setup with Jim, yeah? that's exactly what I've always wanted because for me, it's like, look, man, I can do sound design. I can, like, It sounds fun when you're talking about making the shotgun sound. Mm-hmm. That shit is really important to me. Like, sound effects, especially weapon things and stuff, that stuff I love to do, setting the atmosphere all this, it's just when it finally comes down to the alright when X push negative Y dot <laughs> negative two five XY and it's just that shit, my brain just shuts down. It's like I just don't get it. Mm. I just want to be able to say, look, you make the thing mm. that makes it so and I will I will fucking make the character sprites, I'll make the sound effects, I'll do all that stuff, but I cannot do that other stuff. Mm. We talked about it before some things you're just not good at. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, my brain just shuts Shuts down when I see code. It just doesn't compute. The logic part of my brain just keeps asking why. <laughs> Why am I doing this to myself? Well, not only why? that, it's like, why is that the code? Do you know what I mean? Like, they'll say, this, you want your character to move. So it's bracket X.01. Actually, you're going to want him to move at, at, at this fast. So we're going to say uh, X011 for this. And uh, we're going to say Y, comma 2. Then uh, enter, enter, dash, uh, enter, enter, new line, uh, brackets, A minus 2. And I'm just like, why? Why? Like, why A minus 2? Why? why two lines that enter? Why is there a slash? None of it, it just all just makes no sense to me. So that's my problem. But it sounds like you got the solution with what you're, you guys are doing.
2: Yeah. I mean, I do what I do best. He does what he does best. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. And, and we keep it simple. So I guess when you find a person you're ready to work with a developer and you keep it simple, you will make good games. Start with a general outline don't get into the details at first it will be like you shooting rectangles or triangles but it will work and if it works it's fine I mean if you can cut everything down to a rectangle being shot at by a triangle if it works (laughs) then it will work with any kind of dressing on top really yeah it's uh it's the same just like it's funny you said that because right now I, I am studying gesture uh, anatomy and ge- gesture gesture is how do you define movement, how do you draw the intention of a movement and it's not about details it's just like you know drawing a line or a curve that is being intersected with another line, and oh, it looks like um, a girl jumping mm-hmm. or it looks like um an old man who is sitting on a bench or it looks like a dancer that's exactly the same with the game you will be making with someone if you get the general id if it works then it's fine let's switch back to the music world people who say yeah i want to make dark synth or i want to make uh, you know those huge pads and distorted and that. No, no 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 just take the example of noir deco they wrote beautiful songs beautiful music with only a kick a snare an electronic bass a pad and electronic strings so that make that makes up for five different sounds and when you listen to it it's like wow it's so beautiful and no one can beat them even me you know with my multi synthesizer shit, whatever it sounds like ass when i (laughs) compare myself (laughs) to them so it's the same for video games start simple and eventually you'll get there it doesn't matter the, the color of the blood it doesn't matter the lettering what matters is the general shape the core of your id if it works with rectangles and triangles it will work on anything trust me it's same for music at least that's what i think i mean just so we can find a good segue i prepared a, a, a 30 second soundbite from the next <laughs> terminus album and if you listen to it I'm doing a job here if you listen to it it's extremely simple it's a kick, a snare, an electronic bass guitar a distortion and an electronic piano five sounds but it sounds massive and one of my producer friends told me oh dude, it sounds thick and heavy how did you do that? I said, well, I don't know I I just did it that way but it's simple but if i had done it you know the metal way you know with quad guitars and two guitars on the left two distortions on the right it would have sounded like ass so um, <laughs> even though i'm an asshole so that's the best explanation i can give you in music
1: well how about this let's listen to a little sample from dan terminus's upcoming album we don't know when it's coming out no. do you even know what this song is going to be called or we're just going to call it sample no
2: it's called Gris or verdigris both pronunciations are correct
1: well i will say should i Say it the French way, ver de gris, Is that what you said? Ver yeah, you can because it's Vert de gris? Clashy, very Vert de gris?
2: clashy and elegant.
1: It's a sample from uh, upcoming Dan Terminus, so let's check it out. <laughs> I am getting and that was a quick little preview of the upcoming Dan Terminus album and I hope you dug that because it's cool and uh, listen man mm-hmm. we've been talking for a long time so we should wrap it up but it's yeah. been nice I like how you turned to very positive uh, guy towards the end there you know full of hope and I am. we're gonna get our projects made and everything's gonna be good yeah because
2: it has to be that way life is a bitch at times but
1: life is a valley of
2: tears and life takes place in a cruel world but life is also Great, rewarding, and fulfilling. So it's better to focus on. Well, I mean, I'm not denying the pain, I'm not denying the gray thoughts, but once you've been through those dark times, at some point. You become a better version of yourself, you know. So um, you become positive, even if you don't want it. Even if you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, um, I'm I, I'm so arrogant. I'm, I'm so bloated with a self-love, and, and I'm so self-centered. <laughs> then you always come up as a as a positive person because it, it turns you into a better person. And um, today, that's what I do. And this is what this next album is going to be. I, I'm not going to lie to you. There's a, a track on this album that I made in 71 minutes and uh, I sent it to my friends and to my manager and everyone was like dude it's the best album you've ever made so if you allow me I can tell you how I made this album
1: you are allowed thank you sir (laughs) you have one minute and then I'm gonna hang up on you okay I made an album
2: working on it for a year and a half it was heavily influenced by the French touch movement Daft Punk Kavinsky Sebastian Air Justice you know I poured my heart into it I sent it to my manager and even to Carpenter Brut who listened to the album and said dude I'm sorry for being straightforward but it sounds bad It doesn't sound like you. It sounds too clean, too polished. And the influences sound half digested. And I don't find what made Dan Terminus so crazy and so wacky and so great. It sounds really flat. So my manager sent me an email saying the same thing. He said, hey, dude, I don't think it's a good idea to release this album. Really, it doesn't sound good. But if for you, this is the thing to do, then I'm all for it. I'm just telling you that you shouldn't release this album and i said okay give me the night so i thought about it and the, in the morning i woke up and i said okay fuck you all i'm going to put this album aside and i'm going to make another one and i made this album in three weeks not working every day but walking you know as i mentioned one of the track demanded uh, 71 minutes and that was all and I worked on it spontaneously while not giving a damn about technical considerations. It was all spontaneous because I've been doing this for, you know, 10 years. And I sent the album to my manager and he replies like the day after and he said, dude, it's probably your best album to this day. And I said, but dude, come on. I worked with my ass on it. I mixed it with my ass. <laughs> <laughs> and this is something that really ties my head in knots. I sent it to my friends, you know, my, my, the very few friends I have left and he said whoa (laughs) this this album is fucking awesome it's it's your best album really it's so much better than all the albums you did before i was dumbfounded. i was like are you serious i just i did it with rage and fury and you know i was so enraged it was like a revolté as we say in french and and i made this album just like hey i'm going to show you who i am and what i can do you know being spontaneous so i think that people are going to like this album when it is going to be released because i don't know when by the way but it's me it's 100 percent me i put everything in this album dark thoughts depression wanting to jump off the bridge and then you know rage fury uh, sex sexual frustration you know everything put everything in it and people say it's your best album until this day okay fine i'm fine with it (laughs) so um i hope that people will enjoy this album because i really enjoyed making it i hope that people who have dark thoughts will say to themselves well what i have to say to these people is please don't kill yourself just think for a moment and ask yourself the question do you want to die or do you want the shit show to end And that makes a difference. And I'm pretty sure that everyone will say, I want the shit show to end. And once you've reached that state where you're not jumping off the bridge, please ask yourself the question, what can I do for me? Because before that you you were asking yourself the question What can I do to fill in the blanks? And that doesn't work So if you do something for you Things get better Because you only pour yourself into what you do And that's what I did with this album So I think that there is As I told you before There is always a way Except that we don't necessarily see it Because it's behind us or on top of us And I hope that people will enjoy this album Because I surely...
1: Uh, enjoyed doing it well look man what a way to end we've got a nice positive message hang in there everybody fucking Dan Terminus is a cool guy Mm -hmm. he's got a new lease on life yes and um, he's got some lettuce to eat now because it's about (laughs) supper time for you (laughs) Yeah, because
2: it's nineteen hours forty-one, so yeah. I'll be I'll be having a supper in uh, at twenty hours. So
1: let me in fifteen minutes. Yeah, man, need some some olive oil, some tomatoes, some lettuce, some armored core six.
2: Oh yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, look, man. Oh, yeah. It's always fun to chat. Yes. You know, of the guests that do return on this show, there's always something very pleasant about your candid nature. Thank you. You know, whenever whenever people, they say like, oh, I love when Dan Terminus comes on because you just sort of come in and say it like it is. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's very refreshing for people because, you know, even now I'm doing this voice. I'm playing a character, you know, you know, in real life, I have a, I I sound like a little mouse. (laughs) But then I I turn on the microphone and then it's like welcome to the show and then I, <laughs> then I turn the microphone off and I just go in the corner yeah. and start crying. <laughs> <laughs> It's always awesome to chat with you. Thank you, sir. Uh, I look forward to hearing the album. Feel free to send it to me when it comes out, man, so we can fucking play it on the show. And I'm going to go check out this fucking, uh, what's the game called? BioCrisis? BioCrisis 2, Return to the Lab. Okay, I'm going to check out BioCrisis because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this as my experiment to see if my, if my Wiimote idea works which I think it will. No problem, man. Thank you for having me, by the way. It's very nice of you, so thank you. Well, hey, man, look, I like chatting to cool people. Oh, so do I. It's it's more selfish than it is kind, because, uh, you know, most of the time I'm just restless in my cage, so any chance to have conversations, you know?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I understand. I live in a Hamlet. The closest neighbor is, like, um, one kilometer
1: away, so,
2: yeah, Yeah. I understand. (laughs)
1: Anyways, man, it was good talking to you, and I hope to uh, catch up soon. No problem. See you. All right, cheers, dude. And that was my conversation with Dan Terminus. I hope you enjoyed that. Tune in next time. Uh, Marco and I are going to be doing a dark synth and spooky tracks for Halloween. I guess not all my picks are necessarily dark synth. Some of them are sort of like cinematic Halloweeny type tracks, but listen man, Halloweeny! <laughs> Anyway, I hope you enjoyed the show, and tune in. Hopefully before Halloween, there will be a Halloween episode, and uh, that should be fun. Okay, that's all. Have a lovely day, keep being cool, and uh, always listen to Beyond Synth, because it's the best Synthwave chat show there is. Beyond Synth Radio is produced by Andy Last. Check the show notes for more information on the musicians featured on the show. Beyond Synth is made possible by listeners like you. Consider supporting Beyond Synth at patreon.com slash beyondsynth. Thanks for listening.